Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome into DC On Screen. I'm your host, David C. Robertson, and this is my co-host, Jason. Hello. Alright, guys, so we are about to get all super spoilery on Supergirl 107, Human for a Day. Man, what did you think of this episode? I, I had a lot of fun with it. Really enjoyed the hell out of it, yeah. Obviously, we're going to proceed to make fun of a few things, but... Short of that, we'll sandwich it with I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of that, making that's our fun sickness, of... I think. Yeah, I mean, we, we make fun of ourselves. I mean, we right. Take, was it me, or did this show start out with... This episode start out with a lot more exposition than needed. Why the hell did we need a previously on? I, I'm not sure. I, I think they could have gotten away with that entirely. Um, especially during the episode that the only thing that was previously on that like worthy was she's down of her powers, but they explained that in like the first two minutes mm-hmm. and then there's a trust issue with, uh, with Carol and uh, not Carol, but <laughs> there's a trust issue with the sister and, uh, Hank and they, they Alex, Alex. Yeah. And they get to that really quickly. <laughs> Done that like three times this week. I've been reading a Miss Marvel thing. Uh, no. Forgive me. Stop reading Miss Marvel. We're talking about Supergirl. Hey, I, you get around. You get around. You get around. <laughs> That's. <laughs> oh. I'm a little slutty. So, uh, yeah, I. They could have gotten away with that, not having that, though, yeah. Because they, they gave you everything they needed to going into each scene, which makes it actually mm-hmm. a pretty. One of the other makes it a really good TV show. Right. <laughs> you only need the one, though. Uh, I, I think I believe there was a uh, there was a quote. And I think it was from Kara. She said, "Quote stupid red tornado." Right. Yeah. My note says that, and indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, do you, you, they went ahead and pulled out. I think this would be the first time anyone's uh, done the live action retelling, even of Super Flare. Mm-hmm. That they, yeah. That that is the first time. Yeah. They they got to it, and it doesn't. It doesn't look anything like it does in the books, because in the flare, it's like a giant nuclear explosion um, with kind of like soups right at the center. With her, I guess she can just do her eye thingy so hard that yeah, it blows I her mean, out. Yeah, and uh, she kind of, well, I mean, she's smaller than he is, and um, at this point, younger than he is in a way. So I'm I'm just kind of guessing that um, maybe it'll get bigger. <laughs> I was thinking of it like as a muscle you have to flex. Well, yeah, uh, maybe so. It, and Lord Lord called it, what, the uh, photovoltaic capacity, which I love it when people rip out those kind of words. Mm-hmm. The, um, yeah, it, 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 that, that works for me, though. Just kind of a muscle you have to flex a lot. She's just, just started working it out. Yeah. I love that, um, that James told, 
talks about how much he, he likes to name them. And she goes, ah, he's such a nerd. I know. <laughs> like, I really enjoyed that. That was really good. They both have that, ah, oh, Superman, what a dork kind of moment. Oh, but I'm disappointed in the writers, though. Why? Because they had that gratuitous James Olsen tank top scene. I, yeah, like, that one That one made me laugh, though. He's like, here, take my shirt. I'll just strap right. on my leather bag and walk into work anyway. Right. Thanks, what James up, team? Kirk. I'd like you to meet lefty and righty. <laughs> right. I can understand Jimmy being called James, but don't change Olsen to Kirk. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to play the bongos on my pecs? <laughs> oh, man. But I was really excited to see the darkness of wind come out, man. He's going over to the dark side. Yeah, yeah. Um, And me and you went back and forth on how to take that one scene. Yeah, we do. Because I'm leaning towards your take. Like, I initially took it as uh, wind walks in. Sees them having kind of a close moment, um, mm-hmm. it's bordering in, on an intimate moment. They notice that he's noticing their their shared intimacy for the second, and uh, then they get uncomfortable, and then they kind of have this knowing look between them, like you should probably go take care of this car. Okay, yeah. Um, it, I read it as like they suddenly kind of knew that he had some feelings that were being uh, displaced, and she goes off to talk to him about it for a second, which seemed weird uh, so even then the first line still matches though where he turns around and says you know he has a boyfriend anyway what what are you doing mm-hmm. uh, he has a girlfriend anyway that'd be a whole different james um right. it, that one to me like I, I was happy to take it like that i i, I think i'm leaning towards your take though yeah i mean i my take is pretty much that she just she knows that he has feelings but she just kind of is ignoring it like she knows even if she doesn't know like she's just completely ignoring that because then she'll have to deal with it that'll make it real if she acknowledges it right um but it's I, like I, deliberate optimism that kind of myopic sensibilities they have yeah which makes sense with her character and yeah it actually does with jimmy it's just like why would he even say anything he's got a girlfriend and also they're just friends and when was around before he even got there so if yeah. she hasn't started up that yet that's none of his business they're friends whatever um yeah, with, like with my take for a second, I was wondering, like, all right, come on, show why? Why do they suddenly know that Wynn has unrequited feelings? And uh, your yeah, take gets, just, gets that out of the equation at least. It just looked like they felt like he they, that he caught them in something, and with, with with Jimmy having a girlfriend, that probably 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 would be the best thing. Right. Um, and now, the thing that really burns is the the line after the girlfriend bit, right? Right. Right. Um, he. It's like the he he does the thing where like he he says you have the girlfriend, which is the logical thing and the right concern to have, but for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sort of masking it. How'd you put it? Is masking his true anger. Yeah, yeah, something. Like <laughs> and then um, some psychobabble then, bullshit that's probably vaguely accurate. Yeah, and then he actually does go back. He goes into his real issue. Mm-hmm. a little bit by just being a dick to Kara. He's like, you're never going to be normal. You're never going to have a normal life. Right. And he does it with this like viciousness that quite frankly, I was, I was impressed by the kid. I was like, Oh, you're going to be a fun toy man one day. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't you're like a cat was helping just calling him wit the whole episode. It, it, <laughs> this is how you make bad people. You put them in an office environment like this where no one respects their feelings, no one thinks of them as having any agency of themselves, and in some cases, they can literally walk past this person hundreds of times without ever learning their name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I meant to mention this a little while ago, but this actually kind of fits in. Um, our buddy Scott Madison mm-hmm. over at the uh, Simply Syndicated podcast sent us this beautiful thing. Um, 
He says, uh, after being called out during your review of Supergirl's How Does She Do It episode, I felt compelled to accept your challenge. Do I support or oppose your opinion of Jimmy, not this James bullshit, Olsen, <laughs> <laughs> and Lucy Lane, heretofore referred to as Juicy? <laughs> as it turns out, I do neither. I offer another option. In the case of the audience versus Juicy, the verdict is, no one gives a damn. I don't care. Yes, Lucy is a capable and intelligent woman with wonderful eyes. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, we got to get a little personal there, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Jimmy has a fancy toy watch, but every moment of time, screen time devoted to the relationship is another moment not spent on developing our title character and furthering the plot of the episode and the season as a whole. Besides that, the longer Jimmy monopolizes Kara's unrequited romantic affections, the more Wynn will resent and envy Jimmy. Considering how clearly we as the audience are supposed to side with Wynn and his sad puppy heart as he wallows in the friend zone, Kara is so terrified to be in with Jimmy. Uh, the writers are risking turning the audience against Jimmy altogether for standing in the way of Wynn and Kara. Of course, I have a hard time caring about Kara and Wynn, Quinn, <laughs> <laughs> as well, because at that point, Wynn could drop to one knee and propose to Kara in Cat Grant's office while Superman flies by the window with a banner reading, even Solomon Grundy could tell he loves you, and it mm -hmm. would still not be the most obvious sign that Kara <laughs> has missed from Wynn. That level of obliviousness is not only fairly off-putting, but in today's television climate, is tired, predictable, and frankly, too unrealistic unrealistic to be accepted. Yes, I know I'm talking about a show where an autonomous red android creates a self-sustaining cyclone with his hands, but I have an easier time believing that than I do believing that Kara wouldn't see that Gwen was hopelessly in love with her before he, before she even became Supergirl. Guggenheim and Berlani have the same problem in Arrow and Flash as well. Interpersonal relationships, romantic ones especially, are the most awkward components of all these shows. The drama is there, the suspense is there, the action is there, the love stories, they fall pretty flat. Maybe not always as flat as Laurel Lance trying to emote, but pretty close. Yeah, that's kind of the bottom floor. <laughs> right? But yeah, I don't think... I think Kara has, is openly, or not openly, but actively dismissing uh, Wynn's feelings because she doesn't have she doesn't have the components there to deal with those feelings. Like, she doesn't want to be with Wynn. Yeah. She doesn't want to lose a friend either. Yeah, so she's just hoping if she shuffles it all under the table it'll it'll go away eventually yeah i mean if you think about it it's not james's place to to you know do anything with that i mean yeah i don't disagree like, with the idea it's just that that's a little bit of headcanon and we're seven episodes in and there should have already been a moment explaining that was the case i agree but these romantic moments thing are these, these romantic relationships they never they never do that they never do they they make you headcanon for a long time I mean, she just has to have one moment where her sister asks her, um, have you not noticed anything about Wynn looking at you? And she kind of says, I have, not dealing with that. Done. What'd that take? Three seconds of screen time? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you ha It doesn't have to have a big lead up, a big lead out, drop it in the middle of the episode like nothing happened in the middle of a conversation about Red Tornado. Yeah. Move oh, on. um... Well, uh, yeah, as I said, uh, our buddy Scott Madison, he's on simplysyndicated.com. He's on the Simply Syndicated Movie News, actually. So, guys, go check them out. Um, but yeah, so what, what was your favorite bit of this episode, though? Because I think mine is is her talking the guy down with the gun. Oh yeah, now that was so far my favorite bit in the series. <laughs> um, and that tops like last week. My favorite bit in the series was the I guess now I'm calling it the solar flare moment, mm -hmm. uh, which was just so well shot, well scored, 
Um, oh she yeah. She looked she looked phenomenally scary in that in that like there's no way I want to be on the other side of that whatever anger that was. Mm-hmm. Um, just downright powerful. And then you get to this episode, she's absolutely powerless, and you know it's just it's her optimism. That's all. That's all required. I mean, you, mm-hmm. like by the time she's through talking with Cat Grant, interlacing her with like this uh, extra bit of subtext and. By the time Kara's through talking to that guy, like I was ready to like put her on a fucking poster and go change the world. Absolutely, I, I, I would put like that one of those little office things, you know, with like optimism under it. Or they're called motivational posters. Those are those things. I don't have any of those. So foreign, <laughs> foreign idea. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I was ready to go like fucking lift a Red Cross building on my back when she was done talking. Right. I don't know how that would help the Red Cross, but I could do it. Yeah, I you know the only thing that I was really surprisingly con- like di- dismayed by was like how shitty that James Olsen photography was like when I actually looked at it I was like it's <laughs> kind of a terrible yeah I kind of froze and looked and this is a little wooden now don't get wrong it's not his fault it's not like he could ask him like hey could y'all just scoot to the if, if you could just angle a little bit over here I just need about 20 degrees from me 20 degrees but, yeah, but I mean, you know, James is apparently he might have grabbed like, the gun back her... and shot the photographer at that point just for bugging him. Oh, we're talking about a guy who has, you know, uh, throughout the series so far mm-hmm. gotten shots of Supergirl flying that look like they were done in a studio, right? So eh, we we can stretch this part <laughs> a little bit. My suspension of disbelief will will stretch a little further. With a handle, like, a, a little bit of angle play there. Yeah, like could you zoom, Jimmy? <laughs> could have gotten a better <laughs> shot, wouldn't have. I know technically he wasn't standing exactly right there, but it's just such a pretty yeah. picture. Yeah. I mean, you get the rule of thirds down, kind of, but really, Jimmy? No, no, I'm not calling you James this time. Really, Jimmy? <laughs> no, this was a Jimmy move, not a James move. This was a Jimmy moment. You will earn James. <laughs> I am, I know it's a conceit of the show, but I am totally, I'm just, man, it's, it's so hard, it's so hard to buy that Maxwell Lord just doesn't see Supergirl. I know. He looks at Kara. And, or anyone. Like, Cat Grant and, and Maxwell Lord, two of these, the smartest people that I've ever... Those are some sharp you know, fucking... Ta- I've I, I like, never been on TV. Lord even says, like, did med school in a year. Just off the cuff. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. He has... He completely has both Kara's and Supergirl's number. He just doesn't realize that it's the same number he's holding. Oh, man. I really... I, I liked that scene a lot, too. Um... Lord trying to save the 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 older guy's life and uh, it it was like it's the Pa Kent moment for me like she had she is completely powerless she has to sit there and watch a man die and she can't do a damn thing yeah that was rough it was but it's I mean that was the lesson Superman needed right yeah I back mean, when it was actually is, written well and there was no tornadoes involved this is going to be kind of a theme that ran throughout the the uh, all of the episodes this week I, I feel like I feel like Joe gave everyone a little bit of his of his eye moisture. <laughs> like everyone had it yeah <laughs> who needed it like it was he was i mean like, shit i had it watching her like take the fucking gun out of that guy's hand like, yes we can't right? be better people thank you so much Supergirl. i'm gonna change my <laughs> life now he was like a strange moist-eyed santa <laughs> emotional krampus yeah <laughs> crying Krampus right um god such a (sighs) okay Jimmy at this point Jimmy's starting to be the like the relatable audience voice for me like he's sitting there Mm. trying to talk her out of of going on that little mission with no freaking powers Mm -hmm. he's starting to be the one I can 
I can really trust to like say what the audience should be thinking right now. Yeah. He's doing a great job with it. it really is. Yeah, he is. Oh man, I, the scene where he was uh, talking about the the last picture of his dad. Oh yeah, his the first picture he ever took. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, and he did a really good job of of you could tell you know he wanted to get emo like you could tell he could get down emotional alley right then, but he pulls it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he did it in a way that um like the way he got emotional didn't seem sappy, and then the way he pulled it back didn't seem like overly macho. It just seemed like he was just changing gears a little bit. Nothing, nothing to it. It was really subtle, really well done. It really was. Because it's easy to like come out of that and it be too macho and too stupid, and suddenly the moments change. Yeah, I mean, I would have, um, I would have slow clapped, but Joe does exist, <laughs> so right. I kind of don't have time for everyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's other things on our plate with with equally eye welling performances. It's it's hard. It's an emotional. T- it was actually a pretty emotional uh, like week of TV watching. It was. So should we get to the big thing? Um, oh, I, I finally, I lost it on the page. I finally found my uh, my note for when uh, Wynn gets all angry. Uh-huh. It was, uh, Wynn, damn, twist that knife. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag winning. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> yeah. So the thing that, um, well, congratulations, Internet. Yeah. Congratulations, Internet. And um, he he looks good, too. He does look really good. Uh, If you guys are just blanking and having forgotten what we're talking about. I've done that. Like, listen to to podcasts. I'm like, what are they talking about? Just, what are they talking about? I don't remember this. I don't see how you could forget, but uh, Hank Henshaw is is Martian Manhunter. Big old giant reveal at the bottom. And, by the way, check the tape. We called how he became Martian Manhunter. We did. Point for point. Yeah. Go us. Check the tape. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that. I like that he's going to tell Danvers, you know, hey, you've got to, this has got to be a secret even from your sister. I I don't, the thing is, I would be annoyed by the secrecy because uh, I I, honestly, the Berlanti and co team has just sworn me off of secrecy at this point. Mm -hmm. I no longer abide by it, but. I'm willing to put up with here just because I don't know what he's got planned. I don't know what Jones has has going on, but I'm okay. I'm okay with that being a small thing for a second. How how many surprise birthday parties have you ruined in the name of Berlanti? Oh God, I don't I don't think I have a number for that. <laughs> but you don't understand. We it's a surprise birthday party. I shall abide no secrets. Right. It hasn't. Well, I would say that. I, I I try not to keep a lot of secrets in my personal life, so it kind of hasn't changed me much. It's mostly that I was willing to accept secrets in like my fictional life, and by the time, basically by the time Oliver and Quentin were done with me, I'm fucking done with that shit. Like there's just there's no room. Life is too short. Your wife is pregnant. I I wanted to tell him over a nice dinner. Right. I do not abide lying to protect someone. What doctors telling me like I wanted to tell him later. I don't know. Dude, he showed me a picture of Stephen Amell and said, "Do you know what I'm talking about?" And I was like, "Yes, I've seen that show too. Absolutely, you've have you are having a child." Okay. <laughs> Use it as like my my little cookie index card. Oh man. Would Amell yeah. lie to you? Would Amell? No, I didn't think so. Tell me the results, doctor. No, Amell would tell you the truth, and then the video would get t- taken down in like right. 25 minutes. 
Or they'd make a liar out of him by uh, making him do something he swore never to do. Yeah. That's forgivable. I kind of want to hug him. I know. Plus, he totally owned being called out on that. The go-to thing, by the way, if anyone doesn't know. Yeah. So, yeah, Martian Manhunter. Looks terrific. And he's he's got, so far in this show, a pretty damn good backstory. I liked his, you know, I liked his, uh, I like where they've got him coming from. I think I saw, I can't remember which showrunner it is their hive mind as we've mentioned mm-hmm. so i guess it doesn't really matter but they actually did say that uh supergirl is going to become a martian manhunter series within a supergirl series sounds great i mean so, i yay I, yeah i <laughs> at this point all i can see is i i just now i want everyone on this team as long as possible because we're Come on. I mean, don't you want to live in a world where Superman, I mean, Supergirl and like Martian Manhunter are fighting crime together? Absolutely. Screw right. the big boy scout. Don't Let's care. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's I mean, do this. And also, I think we've got some more money coming in for Supergirl, so some of those effects can get a little better. Yeah. Can I just say Oreo endorsement deal? <laughs> nice. And more nighttime scenes. Just throwing that out there. Right. Cost a whole right. hell of a lot less. Right. Man. Shoot, obviously, to shoot it. More. But in post, it's so much easier. Um, man, I, I I really was. I was happy with him. I like how he reveals it. God, he looks good, too. He and, really does. Oh, he and, looks a lot better than Jim. Yeah. It, <laughs> Jim looks terrible, by the way. But that's what I was about to bring up. But, you know, the big bad for this episode was a fucking faceless hunter. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think they got it in there and said, okay, he looks awful. What can we do? Well, we can have him running around in the dark and just flashes of his face. That's it it does look like Let's they pulled that. like one of the bad prototypes for Quark off Deep Space Nine, and uh, like, well, we found this mask in the back. What can we do with it? I know. <laughs> it's the same company, CBS. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking it looked like a Klingon with the Jim in his head. Whichever <laughs> right. one happened for it. I kept calling him Jim in the holocron. So we agreed. I... <laughs> we agreed that at some point they found a leftover Star Trek costume and and made the best out of it. I, I think they went they to did. Jeff Johns and said, "Who does this remind you of?" Uh, kind of reminds me of a faceless hunter. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Do we need do we need to do anything to improve upon it? You need to nail like a diamond shaped shiny thing into the into right in right in the middle of the forehead. Thank you, Jeff. Talk to you later. Yeah, I think I saw that earlier and I uh, on a screen or something, and I thought it was um, Despero. Yeah, I was really hoping it was Despero before they said his name. I was because well, again, that doesn't look like Jim. Like Jim looks more like a Martian Manhunter. He just does in the comics. It oh, but, looks like uh, a red Martian Manhunter. A faceless hunter, though, was a really good. Um, it was a really good way to introduce Martian Manhunter. Like this is the kind of guy that he can take single handedly. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like you've described to me several of the powers he has already. We don't have to go through the exposition exposition of being able to. And I wonder how many of the powers he's really going to have. Because if it's true MM man, we've got like everything. I mean, he's he's Superman with extra toys. Yep. Talking about a guy that's strong enough that they could probably have to call it a draw on an arm wrestling match. And it, mm-hmm. if he wanted to, he could just phase through the table. Whatever. I'll be able yeah, to hear it now. Is, it is surprising to me that... It is surprising to me that Martian Manhunter hasn't been utilized uh, more frequently. Um, I know he's not as well known, but he's got pretty much all of Superman's powers, plus shape-shifting. Mm-hmm. But his weakness is way more accessible. Fire! Yeah. So, like, we don't have to worry about, like, well, a terrible kryptonite conceit. Like, you, you have a fire plus, you have a weakness. Well, I mean, you've got, like... <laughs> And on top, you've got you've got mind control, like extreme telepathic powers. You've got phasing, and you've got um, shape shifting. Like any any one mm-hmm. of those three things are a character all by themselves. He has all three of those, mm-hmm. plus pretty much a lot of what Superman can do. 
as far as the brute strength is concerned. And flying. Let's not forget flying. Yeah, plus, I mean, he's got the telepathy, and, you know, you could actually have him dealing with the moral quandary of whether or not he should, like, maybe he, you know, kind of is interested in someone and trying to figure out whether they like him or not or, you know, him not using those powers. That could be a moral quandary that goes throughout the entire series. And it could be darker. It could be darker just like Batman because he's a detective. Right. (laughs) Um, Why is Martian Manhunter not a show? I don't know. Why is Martian Manhunter? wishing it was for a very long time like especially when uh i forget which who was it that came out and said um oh by the way the point of listing all those was that you can offset all of those powers with a fucking big lighter so it's not like you yep you don't the character has play it's not like he's one of those that's so powerful how are we going to do anything with him now granted you don't want to have the end of every episode be and then he saw a fire like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> the episode was going really well. He was about to take him uh, down, turn the corner. Hobo had a trash can of fire going. Episode over. Yeah, yeah. He's tracking down a guy, and it turns out the guy is a smoker. Right. <laughs> Captain at bay. Well, even, even, even John Jones is going, this looks like a job for Superman. Right. You can imagine a guy with like with a cigarette in his mouth. He comes around, you're here to arrest me? Yeah. Just lights another cigarette. You can't come near me when I'm smoking, can you? Nope. <laughs> yeah. John's just telling him, like, nope, I'm afraid of fire, but you've only got ten more cigarettes. Right. Keep right. smoking, buddy. He like, comes out of the shadows, and the guy lights a cigarette, and John suddenly just goes, Oh! <laughs> This would what was quickly, that? No, nothing. Nothing. This would quickly be a bad show when we were done with it. Nothing. You see how powerful he is. He tracks down, like he th- grabs a spaceship out of the air and throws into the fucking space and like phases through a, a portion of the Earth to get to another another like disaster several hundred miles away, even quicker than you could if you did the the whole angled flying thing. Bursts out of the ground, like picks a tank up and fucking crumples it in his hand, and then he turns around and there's like a, a militant soldier just like lighting a cigarette, and he just crumples under the weight of the tank and cries a little law. Uh... <laughs> I think we've just described why it would be a terrible show, why no one else, <laughs> no one has done it, and also why there I really are better people see it. than us that can make this work, and why I want to see it too. Mm-hmm. That's. Well, and all these shows are explosions and and people on fire and and cars on fire and everything. Yeah, they they can't have any of that stuff because well, Martian Manhunter would not last very long. Just, uh, he he walks up to somebody oh. that's like he walks up to a kidnapping. He like phases through the wall and surprises the guys. Don't shoot! And then he starts doing his uh, like the guy gets real nervous and kind of starts to pull out a cigarette real quick. And he he goes all he goes all telepathy on him. He's, Don't smoke that cigarette. The guy actually responds like, what, are you worried about my health or something? No, they're really scary. <laughs> Is that a Zippo you have? My God, man. Why? You know what the funniest part of this I suddenly realized? Um, a guy played him on Smallville. Mm-hmm. And the actor who played him's name was Philip Morris. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Man, life life is just all good by itself sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Not one tweak required. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, who was he said him and um he said if I tell you it'll just be you and one other person that knows the truth. Who's the other person? Oh, we don't know yet. Like I would love for that to be soups in a way. 
But I kind of wouldn't, because it'd be nice to see them all team up and get all Justice league But then that means that we're, we're, we'll, be, we'll be back to dealing with the question of, like, well, why doesn't Superman pop over and help every now and then? Mm-hmm. Um, it, nah. I mean, I'd, I suppose I'd really much rather it be, like, that he actually has uh, somebody around that was maybe... Like, his family's gone in, in whatever capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he tried to start another one here, so there's one, like, lost romance somewhere. Where there's somebody that actually knows everything about him. Yeah. But, um, yeah, one of those tragic romances. It's never quite going to work, but she'd never she'd never try to hurt him anyway. It's just not like that with yeah. him. Yeah. I don't know who it could be, though. Seems like if it was anybody in the super science kind of realm, then the DEO would know, and he wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah, other... I feel like, like I, couldn't, I couldn't pull anything out. Let me put it this way. I don't think memory. we've been introduced to anyone on the show yet that I think is that one person. Does that sound right? Yeah, I don't think we've been introduced on the show, but I, I was thinking, like, who could it be on, um, well, if the, I was just wondering if there was, like, an actual character from the comics who, who he trusted with the with his secret identity. I don't know if there is. I, I tell you, though, I always wanted him to, um, I always wanted him to hook up with Renee Montoya as the question. I just thought they'd be a just dastardly detective team. You mean hook up, like, professionally, right? Either way, I mean, I thought they would have made an okay romance if, you know, she swung that way. But Well, I mean, I suppose he could be female. That's actually true. He's a shapeshifter. This wouldn't be a problem for them, for him, for yeah. them, for sure. That, see, that would be interesting, and that's something that they did in, um, I mean, I'm sorry, I know this is blasphemy, but Marvel's Runaways, they did, like, a super scroll who who just shaped, like, was in love with with a uh, character, and she was a lesbian, so he just changed into a woman. <laughs> I can do that, too. <coughs> I mean, it's a, a very fine line biologically for a minute there. By the way, there is a cover. There's a comic book cover of Martian Manhunter sitting on a throne of Oreos. That sounds <laughs> fucking great. And holding a glass of milk and smiling. And uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle are buried underneath the Oreos. <laughs> I'm not sure what he's up to there, but if I were sitting with a glass of milk on top of a throne of Oreos, I sure as hell would be smiling too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, uh, he, he's uh, he's going to be a lot of fun. Because no matter what you do with this character at this point, mm-hmm. there's so much play to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as we've discussed, you need to you need to address the whole fire thing. Um, you need to figure out a way to make that work. Or if you just want to take that away from the character and make that not, I, I would be okay with taking that away as a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that like when it's a, a conflagration, I mean, when he sees a forest fire, yeah, he gets scared because it reminds him of, you know, his burning earth, but... Or his burning Mars, but it, <laughs> but having it scale down to like somebody lighting a cigarette being not even on his radar, it has to be a fire fire. That'd mm. work for me. Sure. I mean, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm all for you know. Just an, another cute moment at the end of the episode, like Cat's getting on to Supergirl for not being there, and Supergirl kind of she gives him one of those like uh, you know they didn't need me today, they needed you kind of moments. And mm-hmm. just for a moment, Kat's like speechless and she just smiles a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a very like childlike smile. Just, <sighs> I made Supergirl happy. For just a second, you can you can feel that's actually, that's all she actually cared about for a second. It was sure. so cute. I enjoyed it. Yeah, she's a hard ass, but come on, who doesn't want to be a hero? Who doesn't want a little bit of approval every now and then? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, queen of all media still, you know, digs it when Supergirl gives her the thumbs up, you know? Right. Of course. Of course. It's a hell of an accolade. Supergirl pops up to you and is like, good job. I, man, I'm, I'm retiring from life at that point. King mm-hmm. and country served. Done. Now, uh, 
just a couple more things I actually wanted to talk about. But what did you think of, like, why, like, Martian Manhunter said that he didn't want Alex to tell anyone, including Kara. Why? I, that's, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, I don't really care yet why. I'm willing to give him a little bit of rope just to see what he's doing with that. I mean, if it, if it ends up being a secret for secret's sake, just please don't tell anybody. I don't know what I'm doing here. That's one thing. But I, it, if they give me a reason, and they will, I think they will. Because I think Alex will kind of call him on this soon. Probably in some kind of moment where she could really use another hand from uh, someone with a few powers. Yeah, and you know, I, well, I mean, I don't, I, I would say it's a stretch to say he doesn't know what he's doing because I mean, he's been doing this job for like what, like fifteen years now, something. Yeah. <laughs> he's been doing it for kind of a long time. You know what I'd really love though, um, and if you want to keep the show moving the way it's moving, um, to get to get Supergirl and Martian Manhunter in the same room, it it really should be something where you know Jones or Hank or whatever he's being that day um kind of goes out to fight something by himself gets in way over his head and then alex has to call her sister and say we need to talk mm. i have a friend that needs help and i need you to not ask any questions for a minute yeah let her go save the day man yeah now did you see the promo for next week i did and um my exact note was oh there's the plot we forgot right <laughs> been a minute fellas yeah now, do you, been is, a minute is, yeah tomorrow i mean uh sorry not not tomorrow. Next week, or the next episode is the fall finale. Is the winter finale, or whatever they're calling it. Yeah. So I'm uh, almost sure I've misled people on that. How so? It seemed like when I, if I said it, I don't, I don't remember, but um, I was thinking this was going to be the fall finale because I, I looked at. Well, a they didn't have of, another one listed. Yeah, that, I looked at several air date sources and nothing was listed. So it was, okay, cool. Yeah. So we if we misled out. you, we didn't. CBS just wasn't good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did my best. There was right. new you information. Any, you have anything else for uh, Supergirl 107, Human for a Day? Um, only that, man. I really wouldn't want to mess with uh with Alex, like in a in a just one on one fight. Her one man assault right? on fucking Jim was badass. Yeah, I that, actually have that written down. Alex is a badass. That was a SWAT team rolled into one girl. <laughs> yeah, I was very she impressed. Was really good. She's good. Like she's turning out to be a really fun character, just because apparently she's extraordinarily smart and uh, has that kind of training. Hell yeah, man! Let's keep her. Fingers crossed. Laurel's in the grave. Alex comes over to Arrow and becomes <laughs> Black Canary. <laughs> <laughs> that would absolutely, absolutely make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think it's gonna do it for this episode. We are DC on screen. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network, and uh, you can find. Every episode on DCOnScreen.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And, man, if you want to help us out and, and help us rank and everything, and I mean, it's important for, for shows like us. So go give us uh, some five-star reviews and uh, in iTunes. Um, it really would help us. And uh, we're going to be coming up with, a, with another episode here in just a few seconds. Probably the next day for you guys, but yeah. <laughs> and we got another Supergirl next week, apparently. And another Supergirl next week. Um, but this week, we're going to be talking about the fall finales of uh, The Flash and Arrow. So. That are definitely finales, because CW didn't fuck us around. <laughs> right. <laughs> they have their shit together over the CW folks. Right. <laughs> All right. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat>
Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.